Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Talksport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent a Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Cheltenham Festival Preview with Rupert Bell on Talk Sport. Alcio's had to dig deep, but he's found a way of pulling them into submission because Alcio is equaling the record of 18 straight wins. He's given Sam Spinner another chance. Papai was running on. There again he gets going. Paisley Park has moved on by two lengths with Aidan Coleman. He's won all his races this season. Now he's won the Sun Racing Stairs Hurdle. Frodon, head down now. He's trying to rally, but Aso and Frodon, it looks between these two. Here comes Frodon again. Brownie Frost has got a magic tune out of Frodon. That's why she is the sport's new superstar. Still out in front, it is album photo for Paul Townend. Willie Mullins, the most successful trainer in festival history, can now add a Cheltenham Gold Cup to his tally. Wonderful memories of 12 months ago, but who is going to grab the Cheltenham headlines this year? Over the next hour, we will hear from jockey Brani Frost, trainer Nicky Henderson and Paisley Park's owner Andrew Gemmell. The countdown to the four best days in jump racing is well and truly on. They never disappoint. You're listening to TalkSport's Festival Preview with me, Rupert Bell. So much to look forward to then at this year's festival. Highlights are plenty of 12 months ago, but I'm sure we're going to have some extraordinary stories unfolding over these magical four days. Well, looking ahead, with me, Rupert Bell, is Sun Racing's Tom Bull and Irish racing expert Emmett Kennedy. Well, let's start with you, Emmett. How excited are you for your Irish cavalry charge that's coming over to try and win the uh, Presbury Cup? I think that I would be restricted from using the phrase that I would like to on radio in the UK. But let's just say that I'm ecstatic and I think that we've got an exceptional team going over this year. And I do believe that Ireland will take the Presbury Cup. Oh, dear. Um, (laughs) uh, You're probably right. But anyway, Sun Racing's Tom Bull with me. Now, this has been an extraordinary winter. Mm. Um, and yes, I think I can see where Emmett's optimism comes from looking ahead to the to the week. Yes, well, I rather agree with him, actually, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> even though I am very much British. I think the Irish have got it all all under under wraps, really. I think they're going to have a massive, massive part to play this Cheltenham, more so than ever, even though, obviously, in the last couple of seasons, they really have started to fly out of the blocks. This year, their team looks stronger than ever, isn't it? I mean, three trainers, Henry de Romhead, Gordon Elliott and Willie Mullins, all three of them absolutely flying. Let's kick off by looking at the first date. One thirty, the anticipation. We're all agog. We're fever pitch. One thirty, tapes go up. The Sky Bet Supreme Hurdle is off and running. And who is winning it? Um, is it a shoe in for Shiskin, Tom? Uh, it could well be. I mean, he looked very, very impressive at Hunterdon the last time out. But I actually think it's going to be Abracadabra to pull a rabbit out of the hat. He was so, so impressive last time in the Future Champions over in Ireland, winning by eight lengths. And I just can see him being very difficult to catch. He's such a strong traveller. Hopefully the ground will stay slightly better than heavy because I think he doesn't want it too soft. But if he performs like he did last time, he's going to take a hell of a lot of beating. I could see you're going to struggle. We've already not got the English banker winning on the first day in the first race. Emmett, presumably you're going to be sticking with the Irish novice hurdlers. Are you convinced your Irish novice hurdlers are a really stellar crop and they can come over and win the first race of the meeting? Oh, I think we will. And I think that Tom has described the horse who will finish second, actually. Uh, I don't fancy Fishkin here at all. I think that the horse wearing his other owner's colours 
for uh, the Don Lease, who have album photo on the Gold Cup, is Asterian Forlange. I'm a huge fan of this horse. He thrashed a decent horse of Gordon Elliott's uh, back in January, pencil full of lead. But what he did at the Dublin Racing Festival at Leopardstown was absolutely exceptional to thrash easy work in the manner that he did. That race has changed over the years, but Classical Dream won that last year as a stepping stone to the supreme. Asterian Falange will be the horse who will do the same. He will take all the beating. The one thing I will say is that Envoy Alain is still in the betting here. And if he rocks up in the supreme instead of the Ballymore, it's a question of how far. But Asterian Falange would be one of my best bets of the day to get us off to a great start in the supreme. Well, no votes for Shiskin, but what does the trainer say about his chances in the Supreme Novices Hurdle? The trainer, of course, is Nicky Henderson. And later on, on the Tuesday, of course, he will be mob-handed in the Unibet Champion Hurdle. Lee McKenzie has been getting the thoughts of Henderson, not only about Shiskin, but his runners in the big one on Tuesday. Shiskin seems in good form. His work's been good. The one thing he has shown is, is a very, very good turn of foot. You know he's finished off both races with a, with a, you know really strongly. I'm pretty sure he is a two miler, and he has a lot of natural pace, but he he does have a gear to go with it. So you've got to stay in these races, whatever happens. So you know everything's gone well, and we've now fingers crossed and see see what happens and see what Adam brings to take us on. Let's move on to the Champion Hurdle later on on the first day. Now, you've got some excellent chances in there. Obviously, Epitante or uh, Epitante, as some people are calling uh, her at the top of the market there, Pentland Hills, uh, and uh, a couple of others as well. Uh, I noticed that you uh, tried Call Me Lord around the, the track uh, a couple of months ago to make sure that he could go that way around because uh, there was That's a theory right. that he was better going clockwise. So uh, out of all your entries there, ha- has the market got it right? Well... She's 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 looked very good in both her starts this year. You could say some people would say what happened to her in the mayor's novice hurdle last year, because I thought she was one of our best chances. But we had a few blips because we had to vaccinate them and do all sorts of stupid things, and she didn't run a race in that. But I don't think that was a Cheltenham factor or anything like that. She schooled this morning. Barry came over to ride her and quite a lot of others. And she was very, very good. Her work was excellent yesterday. She's all ready to go. Let's talk about Pentland Hills, who won the, the Triumph last year to Cheltenham. So we know he goes around the track. And at Haydock last time, he looked like winning most of the way. And then near the finish, he just ran out of gas. Were you a bit disappointed with his finishing effort there? Or have you got an explanation for that? Well, yeah, you're, you're dead right. You just only say it, it looked as if it was going to be easy. Then all of a sudden, in bad ground, admittedly, but... The other horse just came back at him and 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 sort of nudged him on the line. We have cauterized his palate since then, but not because he's been making any dramatic noises. I, th- this is this isn't a miracle fix. I don't think it's just a hunch, and we had time to do it, so I got it done. And I don't expect it'll make any difference, but it eliminates a possibility of a problem, which probably didn't exist. Definitely some optimistic noises then coming from Nicky Henderson, not only about Shiskin, but in the champion hurdle where, of course, he has such a formidable challenge. The market is headed by Epitanti, Pentland Hill's second favourite. So, Thomas, let's start with you. How op- is he right to be as optimistic about his chances in what everyone is saying feels like a substandard champion hurdle? It just, to me, looks very competitive. It's very competitive. It's very open. And I would say that he is absolutely right. I mean, Epitant was so impressive at Kempton in the Christmas hurdle. She flew away from her rival. She made Silver Street look very slow in second. She won by four lengths going away. I think if she turns up in that form, she'll be extremely difficult to beat. But, of course, she has had these coughing problems in the lead-up to the race. And that is something you just can't forget about and I think if she hadn't had them she'd be a lot shorter than she is now obviously Pendlin Hills as well won last year's Triumph Hurdle in very very good style um, not quite as good so far this season but has he just been building up and building up and if he does kind of get that toe into the race that he does need he could be difficult to beat as well but in my opinion it's all about Super Sunday in this ground in this kind of race in which he really should be able to stamp his authority because it is a weaker race than usual we can't deny that there's, there's no denying it. it's definitely not as strong a champion hurdle as it usually is 
He won last year's entry hurdle in similar conditions. I know it's slightly further, but I think if he gets a strong pace, he'll be staying on stronger than most. And I can see him being very difficult to beat for Jesse Harrington, who obviously has trained him for this race. And uh, very excited to see how he gets on. Well, I was over in Ireland a couple of weeks back on a Cheltenham preview, and Jesse Harrington came in and was basically saying um, I didn't want to enter him in any other race other than the champion mm. I never looked beyond it made her any one entry so I couldn't be sidetracked <laughs> and I think she does and I, I'm going to agree with you to some extent the way she was talking she is absolutely convinced Super Sunday can run a huge race so what is the vibe Emmett from Ireland about Super Sunday and maybe some of the others in what is I suppose perceived as this substandard champion hurdle definitely a substandard champion hurdle uh, Super Sunday is interesting we tipped him up on the final forum podcast. I should say Tony Keenan did at 25 to one uh, back at Christmas time. And the problem is that he ran too good a race in the Irish champion hurdle. I think this race is two years too late. He should have gone for it either last year or the year before they went for the stairs instead. Alas, we're here now. Um, Tom is right about the ground that will suit him, but this is all about the British and so it's you- not about Penland Hills. Pentland Hills should be 50 to 1 for this race. <laughs> right. He does not finish. He's a short runner. Stay away. Right. Epitante wins this race. Epitante was absolutely outstanding in the Christmas hurdle at Kempton. And Barry Geraghty's post race debrief to Nikki was champion hurdle March. That's it. Uh, she's been trained to the minute. The cough that Tom mentions, a little bit of a concern. But the very next day after that, Nikki completely calmed everybody's uh, panic. So we're all, we're getting a much bigger price than we should be. Any horse that can give her a seven pounds and a beating is a superstar. Epitante is the only superstar in the lineup. She wins the champion hurdle. Okay, well, I know Tom and I are very bullish about Super Sunday, but that also, if I'm looking at the prices for the race, last year's third has barely got a mention, and I refer to Evan Williams' Silver Streak. Now, if you're looking for an each-way selection who was not disgraced in that Christmas hurdle and has been given a campaign that has only got one race in mind, and this is the first Tuesday of the Cheltenham Festival, I think Silver Streak is a huge value to get into the money. And uh, I think whether it can turn the placing on Epitante, I'm not so sure. But um, I know, Tom, you might possibly agree with me on oh, that. Oh, I definitely agree with you. I think this is a weaker race than last year. And you managed to finish third in it last year. So why on earth wouldn't you do the same thing this year or even go better? I mean, I, think, I don't think it's a strong... He's been brought up nicely through this campaign. He'll love the ground. I think he'll be staying on very strongly like he did last year after the last. He's no Aspar Dallin, sadly, in it this year. So he's not got to worry about that. And I think he's got a massive chance for Evan Williams, who actually is having a, a season to remember, obviously, with um, Espoir de Large as well in the Arkle and a few others. He's got, and he's got a few good chances, actually, this festival. Right, OK, so confirming your selections, it's Epitante for you, Emmett. Epitante, and I'd go Petit Michoir each way in the reverse for the straight forecast, actually. But Epitante is one of the bankers of the meeting, in my view. OK, and we're going, for, Tom and I, I think, are going for Super two each Sunday, way. Yeah. Super Sunday and Silver Streak. I'm having two against the field. <laughs> now, too. we mentioned the Arkle there. One other race I do want to mention on the day. Um, I've got a huge vested interest in brewing up a storm as a good mate of mine owns the horse. And she put something on Facebook, and I know her nerves are jangling because she was looking to seeing uh, uh, Cheltenham and the uh, hockey as uh, taking part so her nerves are a jangling and I refer to Barbara Hester but brewing up a storm has that one got any chance to stop Notebook Emmett? Uh, Yeah I think that Notebook is getting shorter than he should be potentially I'd be slightly worried about him down at the start you need to keep a very close eye on how he handles things because he got very very worked up at the Dublin Racing Festival but he is a deadly jumper right Blackmore is arguably the best jockey on both sides of the RC right now. And Henry de Bromhead is just absolutely lethal with these types of horses. So, but I, I do have to say that I do like brewing up a storm. Uh, Danny Mullins, I did an interview with yesterday for the podcast. Very, very sweet that cashback can turn the form around with notebooks. So there's a piece of info for you. But you I would give brewing up a storm a big, big chance. Oh, my, I'll pass that on to my friend. She will be here, <laughs> pleased to know that Emmett supports brewing up a storm. Anyway, <laughs> Tom, what are you going for quickly in that race? As well, we conclude yeah. our look at the first day of this year's festival. Yeah, quickly, I'm going to go with Cashback. As Emmett just mentioned, I'm very, very excited by this horse. He's a very powerful front runner. I just think he's going to turn that form around with the Notebook because I think at the third last, last time out in Leperstown, he uh, he was out-jumped by Notebook. And if he can get put in a slightly better round this time and get an easy lead, I think it'd be very difficult to catch. He's improving all the time and he's a very keen goer, but he still finds a lot of the 
end of his races, so I'm expecting him to be very hard to beat. Well, I'm not going to desert my fellow Villa fan, Ollie Murphy. <laughs> uh, his horse, brewing up a storm, <laughs> is going to win, and I know how pleased the owner will be. Um, but, of course, there are some other very interesting races on the card. So, quickly, I suppose the most interesting is the Close Brothers Mayor's Hurdle, where the Irish, once again, look as if they've got uh, the race sewn up, Emmett. Yes, she was going to win this race by a country mile last year. That's another one that I'm going to have to revisit with my therapist later on. Uh, Benny Didier will win the Mayor's Hurdle this time around. I admire that Honeysuckle goes for this race and she's making it a proper matchup. But Benny Didier will have too much for her. And I actually think that Stormy Ireland would be a good bet to finish second if you're going to do the straight forecast. Because I think that Benny Didier will break Honeysuckle's heart. Uh, handicap, very briefly, I mentioned Beakstown. It's been the plan for him all season. And I'm very, very, very confident. I'm remarkably bullish about a lot of horses on day one. This could go badly wrong. <laughs> uh, carefully selected in the national on chase for Patrick Mullins and Willie Mullins. Um, he's going to outclass his rivals in that race. And he shall win the last. Carefully selected. We all are filled with first day optimism. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, I am as well, but whether that's a bad thing, I'm pretty sure it probably is. Uh, Battle over Dorian. I'm taking on Emmett in that race. I think he's a very strong stayer, and I hope he comes here because I think he's, this trip is really going to suit him in that race. And I also like a horse called Discorama in the Ultima Handicap Chase. Second in the National Hunt Chase, were a lot further last year. Didn't quite get home that day, but I think this drop-in tri- trip, he's going to absolutely love this. He'll really enjoy the ground. He's now had a wind operation, and he's had a nice warm-up over hurdles for this. So I expecting a big run from him in around about the 10 to 1 mark. Pulling the load coming on the outside. Altiol's had to dig deep, but he's found a way of pulling them into submission because Altior is equaling the record of 18 straight wins. You're listening to Talk Sports Cheltenham Festival Preview with me, Rupert Bell, alongside me to assess the four days, Sun Racing's Tom Bull and Irish racing expert Emmett Kennedy. Well, day two is all about the Betway Queen Mother Champion Chase. What a race in prospect. Build as what could be the race of the week because it features three huge superstars in Altior, of course, the biggest name of them all, Devi Desai, who's trying to win this race for the first time, and Chacon Poursois over from Ireland. But Altior is the big superstar. This season hasn't gone completely to plan. He's trained in Lambourne by Nicky Henderson. We heard from Nicky in the first part of the programme talking about his champion hurdle hopes and the hopes of Shiskin. But what does he think of his superstar? He's in great form. We're very happy because, I mean, that that um, the race at, in November there with surname did absolutely flummox him, um, and it was bad luck. And I probably should never have run him. But on the other hand, I'd have been lynched and run off the racecourse if I hadn't have run him. So we had to give him a fair bit of time to recover. He came back well. The game spirit was very good. He had a good blow, and then he finished his race very sharply. So he's in good form. The ground is the is the sort of going to be the dictator, I think, of this race because he is a better horse on better ground. Whereas Deffy de Sey and um, the Irish horse Chacon Poussois, Chacon yeah. Poussois, they definitely like the soft ground, and consequently we're going to have to be, you know, they, they I think they're going to have ground advantage, put it like that. So we're going to have to be on the top of our game. But he is very well. People often talk about his a flat spot, don't they? You must have heard it a million times. A flat spot, round about the third last fence when the pace starts to quicken up. Is that how you see it as his trainer? There's just well, a moment does, when he doesn't yeah, quicken. But it also makes you think that he'd want to. You know, that's the, that's the moment. You think another half a mile would help him, but it naturally underneath it, he is a two miler, and it's. You know, he then finishes off these races really well. He finishes very very strong with a. You know, one minute he's at the last, and you're thinking, oh, heck. And the next minute, he's five or six lengths clear. That's his beauty. He's, he's got a really good finish in him. And how do you rate his jumping compared with some of the other great horses that you've trained? Well, as, as I say, if you'd seen him this morning, you wouldn't believe he, he, he was in the Sprinter Sacra League. Yeah, and that is uh, comparing him with the very best. Is it possible to compare those two? As Sprinter Sacra was a legend Not in his really, own right. but, I mean, they are two... Very good-looking, very talented two-milers. And they're special. I mean, Sprinter was very, very special. 
But I mean, Altio has done some pretty spectacular things. I mean, I know he's 19 out of 20 now, not 19, not 20 out of 20, but so be it. He had to get beaten one day. We're back on 20 out of 21. Was that long winning record, as you say, you went on 19 wins, uh, just one after the other. Did, did that put pressure on you or don't you really care about that sort of thing? No, I mean, he had to get beaten. We had to try and we discussed it. We said we would take on Sarnay at Ascot. It was a pity it was their first run of the season because I don't think he did either of them any good, to be honest with you. It was a bruising race in desperate ground. And all we did is knock seven bells out of both horses. And as I say, I don't, I don't think it took Altier a long time to get over it. And you'd have to say probably surname the same. So the fact he's had a light winter would help him going into Cheltenham because he's relatively fresh. Well, I had fresh. to give him one because I just had to wait for him to come back to me. And eventually he did in times of the game spirit, which was a big help. So there's Nicky Henderson talking about his brilliant chaser, Altior. You can sense that he feels the horse is back where he wants him. He believes he's as good as ever. Do you believe, Tom, I'll start with you here, that he is going to be as good as ever? I was very, very impressed with him last time at Newbury. I loved the way that he quickened when he finally, Nico finally got stuck into him after the last. It was back to his old kind of zest. Um, but I do, I mean, this is, a, this is a proper trifecta of talent, isn't it? The three top-class horses in this race, not since Moscow Flyers earlier at World Chief have I seen a, a champion chase that really excites me as much as this one. It's an absolute belter. I think he's going to have a, he's obviously going to go very well, going to try and uh, defend his crown for the last two years and he'll make a big fist of it. But I just can't see him overcoming Defi Desoy, who I think is an absolute talent pot. He's just got talent oozing out of his paws. He's a properly top-class animal. The way he won the Clarence House last time and before that the single creek, I just think he's got the form in the book. He's still unexposed. He's a young pretender. And he's, he's got those nice younger legs. He was going to over, overhaul Altior. And Shakun Pursua, I think, is going to be um, going to be third and a quite a distant third, I think, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure Emmett probably won't agree with me with. But I just don't think he's got quite the class of the, uh, the other two. But I'm uh, very much in the deputy soy camp. OK, so Tom's almost suggesting it's a two-horse race. Emmett, what do you think? Well, I agree with Tom that this race won't suit Shakan Pursuol, but I disagree with him about class. I do think he's a very classy horse. I just think once he faces the hill, he'll go, enough of that. Thanks very much. No, thank you. Um, I also disagree about Deputy Soy. Look, there's two very exciting young horses taking this fella on, but Altior was back to form last time. He's unbeaten over this distance. He's unbeaten at obstacles. Um, over obstacles, I should say, if I use my mouth words correctly. Essentially, this season has actually probably been a blessing in disguise for Nicky. That beating that he took by surname probably did them a big favour. They've had a light campaign since. They gave him time to rebuild and they now understand what he is. He's the best two-mile champion chaser of his generation. The best since Sprinter Sacra and two to one is just too big. I have to be with him. He's only 10. Um, I think he'll have Far too much for them once they jump the last and particularly that famous Cheltenham Hill climb again. I think he's going to have too much in the afterburners for Defi. Shaka and Forsois might very well be punch drunk coming up the hill. Dynamite dollars could outrun his price for, for Paul Nichols. Uh, I think Altior is going to win it. I don't agree with you, Emmett. Um, I'm in the Defi Desai camp. I went down to Philip Hobbes' camp and... Um, I did ask him, does he need to improve? And he's almost said, I don't think he does need to improve to beat Altior and indeed Chacon Poursois. He is convinced that this horse, remember, loves Cheltenham. He's a Cheltenham machine and he won the Arkle. He's he's just, okay, the blip after he comes out and two years where he sort of was had a quiet time, that has almost worked in his favour because he mm. had um, the Hobbs's yard was under a cloud and he's now, I think, reached his peak. And Altior... I'm a believer if you have setbacks at any stage during a season, it doesn't matter what sport you're in, when you're competing at the highest level, it costs you. And I think Altior will be exposed. Happy to be proved wrong because it will be a big moment, but I'm going to be very definitely in the Defi Dassault so nice. camp. See what I did there? I will, <laughs> I will say this to back you up, by the way. I asked Joseph O'Brien if he could have any horse from any other yard in Owning Hill. Who would it be? And he chose Devi Desoy. There you go. Okay, well, He's there you go. He's a top charge, isn't he? Right, so there's the champion chase. Now, elsewhere on the card, we've got the Ballymore Novices. Now, we did touch on Envoy Allen, because mm. that is still the big mystery of where he's going to go. But Envoy Allen, 
I think has just got to turn up and um, if it goes in the Ballymore, the rest, will, it will be the Irish banker of the week. Well, just a start of a 10, probably, of bankers that you might have. But Envoy Allen, I do think Sporting John's interesting for uh, Philip Hobbs, an improving horse, and I think he does think this horse has got the world at his feet. But Envoy Allen probably is clearly the one in this race. Emma, you agree with that? Yeah, Envoy Allen wins the ambulance come second. To be fair, I was at Ascot the day that, the day that Sporting John won. He's really good. He's a very, very exciting horse. And the more you look through this race, this is stronger than the Supreme, uh, particularly with the big breakaway, the big getaway for Willie Mullins. But I can't get away from Envoy Alain. Look, he came to Cheltenham last year and he won the bumper. He's been flawless over hurdles so far. I would love it if they ran him in the Supreme. But look, hey-ho, we're here. He goes for the Ballymore. He'll be an Irish banker and he'll most likely win. But I would seriously respect Sporting John. If he looms up alongside him coming to the last... I'll be a little bit nervous, but Envoy Allen should win. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a very, very, very classy horse, but I do think this is going to be his acid test, and I think he could well be vulnerable. I am going to go with actually a different horse, the big getaway. It's Willie Mullins' horse, who apparently is the biggest horse Ruby Walsh has ever sat on in his life, which is some statement considering the horse that he has ridden. This horse absolutely destroyed them at Nace last time out. He's also entered in the Albert Bartlett, but he's more likely to come here in the same colours, actually, as Albin Photo, Shiskin and Asterion Falange. And I just think it's going to be very difficult to beat if he continues his progression. He's a great big horse who should be suited by this ground, and I think he's going to be tough to beat. Also, got to mention the big breakaway, uh, the other horse in the race. Watch your bet slips, actually. Big getaway and the big breakaway, but this Colin Tizard horse is very exciting as well. I just think he might need another year of experience on his back, um, but the way he's won his last two starts, and he cost an absolute fortune as well suggests that he's got a lot of talent um but maybe just isn't the year for him just yet okay so the i suppose inevitably whatever happens in the uh, champion chase what happens in the bizarrely the cross-country chase is probably the race that might actually attract more headlines <laughs> yeah because it features the brilliant tiger roll will he win the race because i think this is a serious horse race because not only you've got tiger roll you've got easy's land now in the jp mcmanus colors coming over from france the france have got a strong team you've got mike bite in the lineup who suddenly rekindled his uh, enthusiasm for the sport now he's going cross country can tiger roll be beaten tom yes i'm going to be singing alele bleu for easy's land the french horse with david cotin this horse is a proper cross-country lover. The way he won at Cheltenham back in November and the way he won at Poe last time over the cross-country events is there as well. It just suggests he's going to be very difficult to beat. And it's interesting this year because, of course, Tiger Roll absolutely strolled to victory in the race last year. But he's actually got a much stronger horse in opposition this time. And it'd be fascinating to see how he gets on. Tiger Roll, obviously, another year older now. Not going to be any easier for him, especially against a horse of this talent. And the fact that J.P. McManus has gone out and spent the big bucks to get him just suggests he thinks he Tiger Roll might be vulnerable and I can see him getting turned over I hope he doesn't get turned over just because it would be an amazing story obviously on the way to a, a third grand national attempt but for me Easy's Land is the one to catch OK um, I know all of Ireland will be hoping Tiger Roll wins Emmett is he vulnerable this year? It'd be some story a fifth Cheltenham win that would be quite some story but the race for him is the grand national and I think he's vulnerable and I'm with Tom I will be cheering on Alain Bleu. I think we all are, actually. Because yeah. I thought he was so good. And I think it would have been great also if we have a Cheltenham Festival winner from France. Now, quickly, though, any other thoughts on that to Wednesday? Any other races? That, well, we've obviously got the bumper at the end of the day, which might be a David Pipe benefit for a change. Or do you? Or are there any other races that you can single out, uh, Emmett? Best bet of the day for me is Israel champ in the champion bumper for David Pipe, who I interviewed yesterday. It's been the plan since he won at Cheltenham and then carried that penalty to victory at Ascot. It's the best British form in the book. Appreciated is good, but I think he's too short a price. Uh, Israel champ at 12 to 1 is way too big, and I'd be very, very keen on him. Yeah, well, for me, I'm going to actually go to the RSA. I'm going to stick my neck above the parapet because it's a very strong race this year. But I just think one of my bankers of the week is a horse called Minella Indo for Henry de Bromhead. He won the Albert Bartlett in cracking style last year. He's a proper strong slogging stayer, loves this kind of trip, and I think he's going to be very difficult to beat. He's had a very kind of... 
uh, calm preparation, which I quite like to see because the RSA is always a very tough kind of contest. And I just think if he gets an easy lead like he did last year under the woman of the moment, Rachel Blackmore, this horse is going to absolutely destroy them. I think he's a very exciting horse and the Gold Cup is his for the taking next year, in my opinion. Two more days to look at here then on the Talk Sport Cheltenham Festival Preview. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for... Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Cheltenham Festival Preview with Rupert Bell on Talk Sport. He moves down towards the last fight, he's taking it up. Aidan Coleman produces Paisley Park to lead at the final flight of hurdles to Sam Spinner, Paisley Park. That wasn't clever, he only landed by a neck. He's given Sam Spinner another chance. Papai was running on. There again he gets going. Paisley Park has moved on by two lengths with Aidan Coleman. He's won all his races this season. Now he's won the Sun Racing Stayers Hurdle. A terrific performance from Paisley Park as he proved himself to be the pick of the staying hurdlers with that emotional victory for Emma Novell and for owner Andrew Gemmell. And he once again will be going to Cheltenham with hope in his heart. Andrew joins us now here on our Cheltenham Festival preview here on TalkSport. Andrew, let's just reflect on that day 12 months ago. It was extraordinary. It was lifetime ambition achieved for the trainer, Emma Lavelle, and her husband, Barry Fenton, and for you as well. It was just an extraordinary day at the festival. I think for all of us, including uh, Aidan Coleman as well, of course. Uh, it, it was just an unbelievable day. I never thought it would happen. It was, a, well, it was the best day of my life, definitely. Do you just grin when you think about it? Yeah, you. I've played the, the the DVD they give you after the race. I've played it many times and enjoyed it all again. Did you? Was there any stage when you were at Cheltenham and you're hearing the race unfold that you thought, "Oh, that's not quite going well." What, what were you thinking as they turned into the straight? Maybe. I, I, I genuinely wasn't too worried at that at that point. The, the time it really did hit was um, with the vengeance was at the. At the last hurdle, when he made that big mistake and handed initiative back to Sam Spinner, but then uh, luckily he he ran on well and and well the rest is history. But I was I was very frightened at that mistake and the and the gasps of the crowd around me at the time. You know, I knew it was quite a serious error. <laughs> but what your horse does have is heart and no little talent, and and that was evident even though he did make that mistake at the last flight. 
Oh, that's true. And he, he, he also, this, seems, this season, when he, since he's been out, he seems to have that ability to, to know when he's, he just does enough as well at times, I think. You know, he still, he still pricks his ears at the end. And, oh, yeah, I mean, he, the way he refound his stride and, and the, the engine kids kicked into turbo, it was fantastic. And, of course, this year, Andrew, he's going in as a hot favourite. Do you, is there more pressure on you now that you're the, the, the horse is the marked one, as it were, that uh, people see him, he's just got to turn up and win it? Do, are you feeling it more pressure this year than last year, which, of course, he'd had a brilliant season, but there was still maybe the odd question mark. Not now. I think last season there was a, the... Yeah, so I think you're correct in, in many ways. That I, last season was just a, such a thrilling experience and you were just on the roller coaster all along. And I know we were favourite, but people were still doubting us then. This season we are favourite. And, yeah, the, the, I mean, I think the most nervous day I've had with the whole of it really was the um, first time out this season at Newbury when I was really nervous, you know, just to make sure that he was back as he was. And, and he has been. He's had his, his two good runs. He won well at the Cleve. And, and I suppose... the the pressure is, it goes with the territory, and yeah, I am. I certainly do feel it. And obviously, when you look at Emma Lavelle, she seems to take it all in her stride. And with Barry Fenton, who rides the horse yeah. all the time, how proud are you of what they're achieving with oh. your horse, and how good they have been in ensuring that he's still at the top? Oh, immensely proud. I mean, I think they've been a, they've been a brilliant team. Barry's been outstanding with his work riding for the horse. He's done brilliantly for him. He educated him superbly. And Emma's handled it all brilliantly and, and has just made a perfect plan for him. Which horses worry you? Uh, well, obviously, if, if Benny uh, does come for that race, it looks as if she might not, but if she does, that would be a concern. Emma Tom certainly put in a very good run last time at, at Haydock, and I know they've always thought a lot of him. And obviously, some of old boys that we beat him last time, he, he had a really good race, and he went, he's got good course form at Cheltenham as well, so he'd be a concern. They're all, you know, we're all in it together and it's just hope that, you know, it's a, it's a good clean race and we come out on top. Do you feel you're the one, uh, quite naturally, because the form's in the book, that you're the one to beat and if he turns up with his A game, no one's going to have a chance? Well, I wouldn't, I would never say that, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I'm trying I to get I, you to say it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't, uh, because I think, obviously, in racing, you can never say that. But, yes, it, if things all go to plan, he's certainly the one they've got to beat. Now, I know you're a huge sports fan, but sum up what Cheltenham means to you. And obviously much is made that we know you're blind, but what does Cheltenham mean to you as just a sporting occasion? Because I know you go down to Australia, you love your tennis, you love your cricket, but for you, what does Cheltenham mean to you? I first went to Cheltenham in 1971 when Bula won the champion. And... Um, it's always been a great event in my life, and the atmosphere there, that first day raw, and just the general, the general atmosphere of the place, it's just absolutely fantastic. And, and to have actually had the Cheltenham winners, well, it's something I, I never thought would be possible. Well, Andrew, um, we wish you the best of luck. I do. I'm going to, I'm going to lay my cards on the table, and say I think Somerville Boy could give you a good run for your money. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think he certainly could. And uh, I heard you say it the other week, actually. I, I, see, <laughs> I, I, oh, okay. uh, I, I, I do think you're right, but uh, we'll wait and see, shall we? <laughs> OK. Well, I'll look forward to uh, catching up with you next Thursday. And if you're in the winner's enclosure, I know you will provide us with yet another memorable uh, Cheltenham Festival uh, moment. So, But best of luck from us all here at Talk Sport. But just I'll let you know, Andrew, my bank balance wouldn't mind Somerville Boy running a huge race. So well, please forgive I'm me. Not... <laughs> Fair enough. We'll see what happens. OK, look forward to it. Thank you. Now. And that's Andrew Gemmell joining us now. Emmett and Tom listening in to that. Mm. Um, I, had to, I had to lay my cards on the table. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be very rude to say, wish you the best luck, but actually I've gone and backed <laughs> Somerville, boy, because that would be disingenuous. So I thought I was being very honest with Andrew as he was with us, but am I stupid? First up, Emmett. No, because he's an odds-on <laughs> favourite. And well, first of all, no, you're not in general. I mean, if, this is a, <laughs> yeah. if I'm assembling a team for University Challenge, you're on the team, Rupert, right, if you'd okay. like to join me. Um, so, no, you're not. But also, he's, it's a different story to last year. Last year, he was 3-1, to 130. This year, he's, he's odds-on. Somerville boy, 
obviously he came back to form at Cheltenham on New Year's Day, um, but he was no match for Paisley Park last time out. But there's every reason to think that he can run a big race, and he's a fair each-way price. Epitom has emerged on the scene from Warren Greatrix. I don't think we've got anything from Ireland. Paisley Park goes there as the horse with the fewest questions to answer. He has this perfect partnership with Aidan Coleman. Emma Lavelle trains him brilliantly. And what a gentleman Andrew Gemmell is. He really should go and win the Stairs Hurdle again. Clearly, on the book, he has been he's kept his standard. And that's the important thing, Tom. When you look at last year, nothing's dropped off. And he comes out and he does beat Somerville Boy fair and square. But I'll, I'm going to give you reasoning as to why I think this could change in a moment. But from Tom, from a Paisley Park perspective, and you're a form man, you say, well, mm. you've got to get the forms in the book. Forms in the book. And it's interesting because you had these stays in the past, horses like Big Bucks and Ingalls Driva. And once they get these um, kind of runs going over staying hurdle trips, they're very difficult to knock off their perch. And we've seen that plenty of times in Paisley Park with his reappearance at Newbury. We beat off Thistlecrack, who actually I thought was probably back to somewhere near his best. And that was a very nice performance. And he idled last time at Cheltenham, and he was really... I mean, I know you like Somerville Boy, but he did put him in his place. I know you like Somerville I, I'm, Boy. I'm chopping but... <laughs> at the bit to give you my reasoning here. I'll here. tell you what, I'll let you go, Rupert, but one thing I would real quickly say is I like a horse, an absolutely enormous mm. price to run a big race each way, and that is a horse called Lamy Serge, who never finds much at the end of his races, but I do think there's a big one in him one day, and he does travel into these races well, so hopefully he can get a spot, a, a place at a squeak. Right, OK, here is my case for Somerville Boy. And please, uh, the jury is out on uh, Emmett and Tom are completely uh, giving me no reason. Now, it all starts, okay, in a day in Barbados and the Sandy Lane Villa, okay? Okay. (laughs) And I'm having dinner with Tom and Sophie George, and they suddenly say, do you know what we're going to do is we're going to go for the Cleave Hurdle. And I went, you're bonkers. He said, no, he'll get the trip, but we're not quite sure how to run him in the race. We're on a fact-finding mission. Well, they found the facts were there, ran really creditably. They're going to run slightly differently this time. They now know how to get him to survive over three miles. That is interesting. Okay, so they think that they can get closer because they now know they know he can stay because they rode him just to see whether he could stay and then they could go back to maybe a plan B, but this horse we know loves Cheltenham. Case for the Somerville boy <laughs> defence, my lads. <laughs> There's just yeah. one... This is one slight problem with that. Secondly, uh, Tom and I... It may have been a rum punch, off. actually, but has <laughs> been swayed by my opinion, but hey-ho. Tom and I and Owen and the TalkSport team, we're off to Barbados as well with uh, more fancy owners. Andrew <laughs> Gemmel, in fact, bringing us <laughs> over there, so uh, we'll, we'll be chatting with him. Um, Somerville boy... Could have been thrashed by Paisley Park last time. He won comfortably, and he'll win more comfortably this time. Remember that Paisley Park had missed his intended prep run in the long walk hurdle. It's a nice dream for you to have, and fair play. And I I admire the fact that you're taking on the odds-on favourite. But if you think he's going to beat Paisley Park, we have to have a talk. Okay, Paisley Park basically should win, but I'm living in hope that Somerville boy... We'll certainly get into the three, but you never know, might win. But, of course, 12 months ago, it was part of an extraordinary hour when, prior to the stairs hurdle, uh, Bryony Frost rode into the record books when she steered Frodon to a memorable success in the Ryanair chase. Well, the combination are back for more to try and make it back-to-back victories in the Ryanair. And for Bryony, it was a huge moment, not only for her, but for the sport in, as a whole, and I caught up with her recently at Exeter as she reflected on that day and what chances Frodon has this year of a repeat victory. Jumping the last, Frodon, head down now, he's trying to rally, but so and Frodon, it looks between these two, here comes Frodon again! Brownie Frost has got a magic tune out of Frodon! Brownie Frost, the rising star of the game, has proved it! What a ride from Brandy Frost! Always feels like yesterday, doesn't it? And uh, you're still in disbelief that that, that actually is, is your past and that's what you've done. But, I mean, with Paisley Park winning as, as well in that hour, it was, you know, an immense time for racing. And um, when you when you go there, you know, and you, you've got a horse that they have, they're, they're talking about and you've got a partner in Frode that allows you to go out there and ride, ride you know out there and brave as a lion with your heart in your sleeve and just give everything you've got 
um, and they do equally with you. And it just um, it's what it's what being a jockey is, you know. Was did that? I mean, people are all to partnerships and riding, and I've spoken to other jockeys. But when that was happening, did it feel like you were? floating on air with you and, and Frodon. Oh, we, we found a rhythm really quickly. I mean, getting to the start's the biggest point with Fro because he's a bit naughty like that and he could have you out the side door because he turns around so quickly. But um, And I remember looking at the flag man at first thinking, chap, you better get a bit of a move on because we're going to be coming at you like lightning. And uh, and I knew the Irish would be gunning for us. You know, it's, it's, it's the whole ball game. You know, the, the very best of the best come and we... We come there and we live for the day, you know. And uh, but the rhythm came really quickly to me and him, and I knew what we had to do, you know. Um, we were transparent in our tactics. Everybody knew that, though. And they they were they were trying hard to not allow us to have those breathers. And the whole way I didn't, I couldn't get a breather into throat, and that panicked me really. And I mean, coming down to two out when we went down to Aso, a horse that I hadn't predicted would be there. Yeah, you don't allow yourself to dream, but those subconscious dreams you were having months before, your determination started to sink, and um, and then he picked you up, and we, we flew the last, and away you go. But you have to live in the moment. You can't get ahead of yourself, because, <laughs> you're as you know, this is a tough sport. You're one fence away from a, a crashing fall. How were you trying to manage your own expectations of what was happening in that race? fact it was going so well and you looked as if you were going so well but so how do you manage did you have the maturity in a way to have manage your expectations oh you, you don't you don't think you never think out there um i could win this it's just not a thought that comes through your head you think i'm going well my horse is happy everything's right but you never predict you're always only thinking about the present um, and what you're doing to make it as easy as possible for him out there. That's your job, to put him in the best possible position to win his race. Um, but you never get ahead of yourself. You're always thinking about the next fence. You're thinking about the bench. You're thinking about what's going on around you, who's around you, how well are they going. Um, looking at your ground, trying to pick your ground. Yeah, all those things out there. What did you learn about yourself having to deal with all the fuss and bother of that. Have you learned something about you as an individual? Um, I, I think maybe I, I've learned that it's not just me and my bubble and my horses. Um, the, I think Frode has taken um, my bubble of life to people I didn't think would reach um, and help them, which ideally is, is always something that I kind of strive to do because I've got a lot of help off people in my younger days. So to be able to reach out and, you know talk to somebody about the problems or what they found common um, in me and my horses and what I do and how I speak about it and just not really being scared of wearing your emotions on your sleeve and yeah you get the mickey taken out of you for it and you get the mickey out of taking some words but who cares like it's, it's just me and you go and win at festival and then a few days later you have a crashing fall that is the nature of the sport and you've had some tough falls in your time and and throughout your life um injuries are part and parcel for most people think wow why do you do it i mean but do the injuries is that just you perceive that as part and parcel as your daily life yeah i mean sure you could you trip going down the stairs one morning i mean <laughs> it's more likely but uh nine times out of ten you have a fall out on track and you get up and you're fine um yeah last year five months out due to injuries one quite serious um, collarbone was a simple one but came at a time that you felt like you were just starting to collect momentum after the festival and you wanted to really push hard for it but look it's what happens it teaches you patience I have a lot of good people around me and people do ask me like do you ever think about falls and the repercussions and like you know I think I was about 15, Hayden had a fall at Exeter and uh, went down to Derriford to see him and he lost feeling in his legs for about two hours. And I remember Hayden saying to me... Um, this is your brother. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, middle brother. And uh, he said, if, you ever, if you're ever doing this game, don't ever do it unless you're prepared to sit here and feel like this. Um, and it stuck with me and that, that rules it. You know, for me, my racing, being out there jumping... There's no place in this world, in my world now, that will take me to that point. So I feel like that's worth living for. The wonderful Brani Frost talking about Frodon. You just can't fail to be engaged by whatever she has to say. She has a wonderful turn of phrase. But will she be riding into the record books again by steering Frodon? It does look, chaps, a tougher race. Um, I'll start with you, Tom. I mean... And Paul Nichols, I think, has said as much. The Ryanair will be a tough one to defend. Um, would oh, you yeah. agree with that? Oh, I completely agree with that. I mean, it's going to be a chilly week. I think we all expect that next week, but I don't think Frost is going to be in the air, unfortunately. 
Aplutar and Min, the Irish pair. I just expect them. I see why you work for the Sun. <laughs> Terrible punnage. <laughs> Terrible punnage. Terrible punnage. <laughs> Terrible punnage. But we'll give you. We'll, we'll give you. We'll Thanks. give you that. Just about scraped by. Um, Aplutar and Min, the Irish challenge. They really should dominate this. I think Aplutar, who beat Shakunpur Swa earlier in the season. Obviously, that horse, as we've already mentioned earlier, going for the Betway Champion Chase earlier in the week. He's just got a class above these, I think. He won very, very easily last year at the festival and obviously a much weaker race than this, a handicap. But he's improved hand over fist and I just think he's going to take all the beating again for Rachel Blackmore and Henry de Bromhead. How many times are you going to say that this week? Um, but obviously Min is also in there with a chance. Won the John Durkin earlier in the season. is a very good performer on his day as well. Obviously William Mullins train. Can't ignore that at all. In the Rich Ritchie colours who do so well at this meeting have done in the past. Um, but I just think he's got a bit too much to find on a line through Shackenbus 1 and the kind of collateral form. One to keep an eye on. If he does run, he might not because he had a hard run last time out. Is a horse called Chris's Dream who actually is also trained by Henry de Bromhead and might go for the Gold Cup as well. Um, he's an improved horse. He won a very, very competitive handicap earlier in the season called the Troy Town in great style and then followed up in grade two company last time, progressing very quickly. And I like the way he runs. He's a bit of a bullock of a horse. He's very strong. And I think wherever he goes, he's got a chance at a bigger price. But for me, it's all about Aplutar. I think I agree with you uh, on this one. Uh, Emmett, you, I mean, right, we've talked. Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore clearly could be the top trainer and jockeys of the week. And this could be one of their bankers, I think. Don't know if they'll be top trainer and jockey, but they're two superstars in their own right. And a Plutard was brilliant at the Cheltenham Festival last year. Absolutely superb at Leopardstown, having been a little bit disappointing on his comeback and deserves to be favourite. This is a much stronger race than than last year when Frodon won, but... You go back and look at it and you can pick holes in some of the form. But Road to Respect and Monoli are two decent horses. Um, Min, he's excellent at Aintree. He comes alive there. He's a dual John Durkin winner, which is a great one over this distance. I just have a slight doubt in the back of my mind about Min as to whether or not Jeltenham really, really suits him. Uh, they made a mess of things tactically with him last year, but they had to change things. And a Plutard is short in the market. Frodon is six to one. And I did a Cheltenham preview at Ascot with Paul Nichols, and he was reasonably confident. And this has been the plan. And I spoke with Harry Derham for the final furlong on Monday, and he was delighted with his win at Kempton, but has been even happier with how the horse has been at Ditchett since. He's showing all the right signs. Paul has trained him for the one race. They ran him in the Betfair because it was a lot of money, but that was taking away his ammunition. This is the race that he's been trained for. And Briony Frost and him have this incredible partnership. They were tackled for the lead last year. They were taken on and passed. And they still managed to come back and win. And I think he is the bet in the race. I think Briony Frost will be back in the winner's enclosure. It could very well be Rachel Blackmore and Briony Frost jumping the last together. But I think Frodon will just about come, on, come out on top. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Cheltenham Festival Preview on Talk Sport. Still out in front. It is album photo for Paul Townend. Willie Mullins, the most successful trainer in festival history, can now add a Cheltenham Gold Cup to his tally. What a day that was 12 months ago with Winnie Mullins finally winning the Cheltenham Gold Cup with album photo. Well, we come to the final part of this Talk Sport Cheltenham Festival preview. And of course, it is all about on the Friday, the Magnus Cheltenham Gold Cup. Album photo will be trying to win the race for a second straight time. It's so difficult to do. Very few horses have done that. But the young pretender may be Santini, representing Nicky Henderson's yard, was brilliant in winning at Cheltenham and the Festival Trials Day. Here's what Nicky Henderson has to say about this horse, talking to Lee McKenzie. Well, everything's gone well. He goes in soft ground, but he would, wouldn't mind it a bit better. I think the interesting thing was out Native River, the complexion, the, the complexion of the race changes a fair bit because you haven't got a real headlong gallop. I mean, we did beat Bristol to May in the Cotswold chase, and I could easily see him being one of the ones up there. I expect we might be two, but um, he stays and he jumps, and he's in very good form. 
would you uh, envisage him being up there all the way in the Gold Cup? So not not too far back. Uh, well, he won't be too far back. That's sure. I mean, hardly be pushing it along, but you know, he, he certainly won't be out the back door now. He's relatively inexperienced. Obviously, he's done his fair share, but uh, he's in amongst like last year's Gold Cup winner, Al Boom Photo, and these uh, Irish horses that, that have been running uh, uh, over at places like Leopardstown uh, in all those big uh, uh, mid-season races. Pitching him in into this company, you're confident that he'll have the, 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 the know-how to be able to handle that, that sort of challenge? Yeah, I, I think he has. I mean, the Cotswold Chase itself proved that, to be honest with you. And I thought he was very good. I mean, he does lack a bit of experience. He's only second runner this year, and then he had three last year. So, yeah, he, he is. He does lack that. But the good thing is he's run two very good races at Cheltenham. So he, that doesn't hold any terrors for him, Touchwood. Yes, and the fact is that the race is there to be won, isn't it? There's no, there's no horse that says, this is my race. Yeah, I mean, actually, right. The champion hurdle and the Gold Cup are... are Look, there's room for Albu Photo to prove himself an absolute superstar and win again. Um, there's room for a young horse to come through, hopefully something like Santini. That's Nicky Henderson talking about Santini. Tom Bull and Emmett Kennedy are with me. I'm going to kick off with you, Tom, because obviously that's the British challenge. Mm. Is Santini a worthy favourite, or should he not be, because Albu Photo still the defending champion and in his one run did nothing wrong yeah I mean how Santini is outright favourite is completely and totally beyond me I've absolutely no idea how he can be I know he won the Cotswold chase last time out but I mean really come on <laughs> Album Photo is what is a Gold Cup winner. He did, won it so easily last year. This year he came back at Tremor, did exactly the same thing in Ireland, won easily there, probably more easily than he did last year. Had exactly the same preparation. Willie Mullins, as we all know, is one of the great geniuses of modern times. How on earth is Santini usurped him in the betting race? I don't understand at all. Album Photo should be six to four. He should be that short to win this again. I just don't understand. Okay, you don't understand. Um taking um Willie Mullins doing the less is more uh, with a Gold Cup winner, a sort of leaf out of the great Henrietta Knight, that you, you know what a tough race it was 12 months ago. Don't overface them. Last year it worked. Emmett, you presumably see Album Photo as the one to beat or do you look at other Irish chasers and say, well, Delta Work or one or two of the others might have a chance? Ah, presumption. Uh, first rule of law, never assume. First of all, <laughs> to just back up what Tom said, how is Santini favourite? <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Like, everybody was given out about the horse back in November, but how he could only scrape home from not now McGinty or now McGinty. Okay, I'm going to make a case of the defence, my lad, okay, as to why this could be. Okay, here is the thing. He beat Bristol de May, who's an absolute yardstick and has got good Cheltenham form. He did it really well. Sorry, what? Well, he's got it's good. Not- he's a yardstick, isn't he, in terms of... The staying chasers, he doesn't seem to run, very rarely runs bad races. And he did beat him fair and square. And you think he's improving all the time. He showed an aptitude for the battle. Um, there you go. That's why. Come on. No. Em- no. Em- oh, I'm not having I tried. That. I tried. <laughs> I, I, listen, case for the defence has been made. Uh, mm. No. Um, sustained, adjourned, whatever. <laughs> I can't remember. The American terms are are falling from my head. This this is bonkers. He should not be seven to two favorite. Uh, album photo. Look, he's the one who has to be favorite. Not entirely certain that goes six to four, but I would agree agree with Tom that two to one. He should be a, a very very short price favorite for this race. He won it. He bolted up in it last year. The one problem with album photo is this: the Gold Cup itself fell apart last year. Um, Bells Hill didn't perform and he was the Irish Gold Cup winner going in. Ken Boy had fallen very, very early on and subsequently Ken Boy then thumped album photo at Punchestown. But we do get funny results at that meeting, so I'm not sure I take that literally. Um, it's a strong race. Lost in Translation was brilliant at, at Haydock at the start of the season and uh, on his comeback, but desperate at Kempton. Colin Tizard's making all the right noises about him now. Paul Nichols is sounding very bullish about Clan de Sobo. I think once he sees the hill, he'll go, no thanks. Um, and presenting Percy, I have no idea where Pat Kelly trains. Nobody does. The man's an enigma. Uh, but he was 3-1 to one favorite for the race last year, and he could be the forgotten horse. For me, the wrong horse is favorite in Santini. Delta work. 
should be much shorter than Santini. And if Nicky Henderson wants to complain about the preparation that he had for the RSA last year, uh, step forward, my lord, Gordon Elliott, who also had a torrid time. He missed his prep run at the Dublin Racing Festival last year. There was the, the flu jab issue as well. And Davy Russell, quite frankly, did not give the horse a great ride. And Davy is probably the best jockey at Cheltenham now that Ruby's retired. If he could have that right, ride back, he definitely would. This time around, he's won the Savills Chase at Leopardstown in grade one company. And he's won the Leopardstown Gold Cup. He goes there with a leading chance. He's got all the tools required to win the war of attrition that is the Gold Cup. And six to one about Delta work is too big. Michael O'Leary will be offering free drinks to people on his flights. Other flights are available as Davey Russell, Gordon Elliott. Sorry, it'll be Mark Walsh, actually. Mark, I'm really sorry for Jack Kennedy that, that he doesn't get to ride. But Mark Walsh will be flying back with Eddie O'Leary and uh, Michael O'Leary. And Delta Work will be winning the Gold Cup for Gordon Elliott. No, he won't. Mona Lee will. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rupert, no, Rupert, it, you think you think Mona Lee can turn the form around of last time with Delta Work? Well, you're talking about the run at uh, Leopardstown. At Leopardstown, mm. when uh, didn't Rachel Blackmore lose an iron? She in, did. That's true. Right in the final stages. Yeah. No, so, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, and they know that that did not help um, Mona Lee's cause. This has been the target. If you're thinking Delta Work is over, is is too long, and and five six to one, Mona Lee is ridiculous. At no, he's a massive price. So. There you go. That is why Mona Lee is the value bet in the race. In what is a very open... If Native River was in the race, I would be having my horse crush mm. revealed to you all, OK? <laughs> but at least he's gone out and on a high in his win at Newbury, but he's not in the lineup. so I'm looking elsewhere, and I do think some of that Irish chase form... They've had tough races throughout the season. Now, there's been some gruelling Irish races, but Mona Lee didn't win. has been rested since then. Thank you very much. Go, go. Go, go collect uh, a huge <laughs> sum and have a big party on Friday night before I go to Tell bed you what. in a heap. Find out wherever Rupert is because he'll be buying champagne for everybody. But the reverse <laughs> forecast on Delta Work and Monolith, I agree with you. I think Monolith's way overpriced here. Okay. Delta Work will win, but Monolith second. Uh, any case for the defence? Anyone going to support Camboy? Because must be in there. I think our yeah. producer fancies him. <laughs> well, I have to say, I, I backed him last year for the race at a huge price. And, of course, he didn't get any further than the first fence. So I was absolutely gutted. I just don't think he's good enough this year. I think he's been coming slowly back to somewhere near his best run by run. But I do think he's got a little bit more to find. Now, one thing I hope they kind of do do with him is change tactics a bit. Because every time he's run his best race, he's always gone from the front. And if they do that again this time in the Gold Cup, I know it's very difficult to do that in the Gold Cup because you've got to stay much further. Um, but I just think he's a lot happier from the head of affairs. He can bowl along. He can jump them silly. Because he, when he gets out in front, he loves to jump. He showed that at Punchestown last year. And he could be very difficult to peg back. But I think that's the only way he is going to win this race. Okay. So... Um, selections then uh, Emmett Delta Work wins the Gold Cup for me with Monolith as the each way selection album photo for me I just think he's going to do exactly what he did last year and I think Monolith's going to win and um, I'm having my own personal private party and you're not invited because <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, so there we go right that's the Gold Cup done and dusted elsewhere on the card on the Friday Anything else that you single out? We've got, obviously, the Albert Bartlett. I've been to Philip Hobbs. I think Time Hill's an exceptional horse. Won't be easy. We've got the Triumph Hurdle, which is not the race now that it used to be, given we have the uh, the Fred Winter Juvenile Hurdle. But those, I suppose, might be the two class acts. Um, I don't like what they're doing to the Fox Hunters with all these trainers pot hunting with these former top horses. Uh, I think it's not in the spirit of the race. There's my little rant. But uh, what, what else do we think on the Friday? Uh, well, I'll lead off. So the potato race, um, which is the other Bartlett, obviously, but they make crisp. So the potato race, uh, Time Hill, yeah, I can I can see the case. Uh, you can have them at 9-2. to two. Thanks very much. This is a really tough race. You need a stayer. You need a battle-hardened horse. You need a horse who can get stuck in uh, Paisley Park was well beaten in this race as a novice and is now the champion stare. So it can come too soon for certain horses. David Pipe spoke to me on the Final Furlong podcast the other day. Uh, the plan was to exploit the fact that he is a novice over hurdles and it's worked a treat. Go back and look at what he did to Doncaster in the trial for this race. He absolutely bolted up and did so again at Haydock. He's got all the tools required for this. 
he'll blitz them from the front. This is Ramsey's detay, whose courses Ram- could go in the national. It's, un- it's unconventional. Run- it's it's very unconventional for a horse that was second in the Welsh national to be now going for a novice hurdle at Cheltenham. But he really, this is a proper war of attrition. Rams Detay has been plotted for this race all season. Grand National will be next. I think he'll take a hell of a lot of beating. Okay, Tom. Albert Bartlett, I think Rams Detay is going to go very well from the front. But we collared late on by Time Hill, who is definitely my banker of the meeting. I love the way he ran the cello last time. What you need in this race, as well as a huge amount of stamina, you do need a touch of speed as well. And he's got that in spades. I just think he's a different class to these. And he's going to be a very horse, a good horse over fences in the future. Another one to watch out for in that race is Lieutenant Rocco at a big price, because I know that Colin Tizard absolutely loves him. Um, I've got a couple of fancies in the handicaps as well, actually, which I haven't touched on earlier, but... I do really like a horse called Two Tafts if he does go for the Grand Annual because he's been crying out for a drop back to two miles for absolutely ages. I just hope Connections do that because he's also entered elsewhere. If he does, because he's such a strong traveller, I can see him getting a really nice toe into the race and streaking clear up the running because he's won well. He's run well at the festival in the past. And lastly, watch out for Column of Fire who is probably going for the Martin Pipe. I'm sure Emma will tell you a bit more about this. Yes. But he ran a huge race or handicap debut last time in a very competitive contest. Dropped back slightly in trips, going to really help him, and he has been laid out. You've never seen a handicap block like this one in your life. He is going to be there, bang there, and I'd be utterly shocked if he wasn't in the first three. Yes. But I think he will win. Three races live every day on TalkSport. Full coverage on TalkSport 2 as well. You won't miss a hoofbeat from this year's Cheltenham Festival on TalkSport. Thank you to Tom and Emmett for joining me, Rupert Bell, for our special Cheltenham Festival preview. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Cheltenham Festival preview on TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.